Hey everybody, we're doing something new today. <laughs> I'm going to do the uh, the intro and we're going to be talking about, or talking with Dr. Connor, my wife, about... Um, That's what he calls ooh, me at home. Yeah. He calls me Dr. Connor. His wife. This is Veterinary Journal Club podcast, oh, yeah, by veteran. the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk about um, low-hanging fruit that veterinarians and just regular people can do for their pets to keep them healthy and alive and from having to come into the vet for other than like routine routine things. things. Yeah. This was your idea. Yeah. It's based my on idea. Probably things I rant about. Yeah. So <laughs> what's the biggest thing that you rant about? The biggest thing I rant about is people not putting their dogs on leashes. And why is that? What could, what could putting my dog on a leash do to help its health? I don't know. Save its life repeatedly over and over and over again. But my dog doesn't like the leash and I don't like it either. You know what else it doesn't like? Getting hit by a car. How could a leash prevent a dog from being hit by a car? <laughs> I guess it's true. The leash doesn't do it. It does need to be attached to, I don't know, your hand. Um, okay, yeah. Huge, huge. Yeah, so huge you work in the ER. Like, what are the the main bad things that you see come in? They're yeah, like, the, the worst things are the trauma. And, yeah, and so much trauma can be prevented by just keeping animals contained and safe. And so, um, and, and leashes are just the simplest way to do that, right? Like you take your dog out for a walk. Like if you have a fenced in, a completely, you know, fenced in backyard and you want to let your dog out in the backyard, totally fine. You don't have a fenced in backyard. You know what? I have like a 37 cent leash. I will, I will mail you. Send me your address and I will mail you a leash. I promise. Like I will. I literally will. If you know somebody who won't use a leash, send me their name and address and I will mail them a leash. I will buy everybody leashes because they're so cheap and it will save you thousands of dollars on the other end. And it's just, those are the ones that break my heart more than anything is where like they're preventable things that like if your dog was on a leash, it wouldn't have, you know, my dog's a good dog and he doesn't leave. Ah, oh, I'm glad you brought this up, Topher. So funny thing about good dogs is one, your dog is never as good as you think it is. Just going to say that. But for the sake of argument, you have an incredibly well-behaved dog. It would never disobey you. It would never, you know, like get distracted and accidentally run into the road chasing a squirrel or, I don't know, intervene and try to protect you from something that it perceives as danger, even though you, with your human brain, um, which is slightly smarter than your dog's brain in most cases, um, know that, hey, that's not actually a dangerous situation and so you should not go running in to save me because I don't need saving. But let's say your dog always listens to you. Um, what about the other dogs out there? What about when another dog comes up and attacks your unleashed dog? How are you going to pull him away? You're going to put your hands in the middle of this dog fight? I've seen people do that too. It doesn't usually end well for their hands yeah, or arms Yeah, usually you end up like with that. like bruises yeah, or Yeah, drop cuts. the dog off at the ER and then I have to go to the ER myself. Yeah. And, and yeah, we had a friend that did that and their arm got infected. Yeah, yeah. Like this, these are real things. These are preventable things that I've seen over and over. And, and if you're listening out there and you're a veterinarian or an almost veterinarian and you are also guilty of this, because I know lots and lots of people in the profession um, that um, either have or think they have very well-behaved dogs. And it's like this badge of honor, like, oh, I'm just going to walk around this parking lot with my dog, not on a leash. What? What? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why? You're making my heart hurt. Please, please stop. Okay. So please encourage your, your, you know, clients, your, um, your friends, your your family. Um, it's not cool. I was, so I've told Topher this story before. Um, clearly I can get kind of excited about this. I was walking with my parents. I was studying for boards. So I, I moved back in with my parents for a couple months studying for boards as you do. And we were walking around the neighborhood, um, reading the flashcards that I made. So they're quizzing me and reading flashcards and we're walking around the neighborhood and this was, they were in Michigan at the time. And the neighborhood uh, where we were walking kind of butted up against a, a fairly busy road. The speed limit was like 55 miles an hour. Um, so pretty, pretty, 
you know, busy road with a, a fairly high speed limit. And people would drive fast on it. And we're walking along the sidewalk and we come across, um, you know, there's a, a man with his dog and they're walking and the guy's the dog's not on a leash. Um, and he tells the dog, stop, sit. And the dog stopped, sat, and just sat there, very, very well behaved while we passed. Um, and we walked past and then he released the dog and let it keep walking. And I was like, that's so annoying. My parents were like, what? That was like a really well behaved dog. I was like, yeah. And? What's the point? So if it was a really well-behaved dog, why would be, why, what is the problem with having a leash on it then? Like just if it'll walk right next to you, then it won't even notice it has a leash. It had a collar on. The dog had a collar. And it's not the leash that the dog finds annoying. If anything, it's the collar, right? And most people will leave a collar on their dog. But if it's so well-behaved, it's not going to pull on the collar. It's not going to hurt it in any way, shape, or form because it's so well-behaved. And I was like, what if that dog got spooked? Or, you know, something happened and it ran rough off into the road for half a second. Or what I said is, what if we had a dog who was not well-behaved and we're walking along the sidewalk and our dog attacked their dog? How are they going to... And my parents were like, oh, I hadn't really thought of it that way. I'm like, I know. I don't care how well-behaved your dog is. Put a and leash isn't on there it. a thing, I think you told me, I've seen too. somewhere, like, all right, so if I have a bad dog mm-hmm. on a leash and it hasn't done anything before, but I know it's, a it's kind a of a bad, yeah. a bad dog, and then it comes across, there's like some happy dog mm-hmm. that's well-behaved and not on a leash, comes over and sniffs it, and my dog on a leash attacks the... Uh, unleashed dog? The unleashed dog. The owner of the unleashed dog is, is 100% responsible for everything, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. If... if um. Yeah. It, Even though they have a well-behaved dog. Yep, doesn't it's matter. It's not under control. Yep, it's not on a leash. Most ordinances, most ci- or most cities have ordinances uh, with leash laws and things like that. Like just put your dog on a leash for your dog's safety, for your for your dog's safety. Please put it on a leash. It is the is the one simplest if I could just like snap my fingers and like Thanos all the leashes into it, I'd be like boom, every dog has a leash. And but you have to hold on to it. I have also seen people with dogs on leashes dragging behind them. Now, I get that sometimes oh, that's yeah. an accident. We just saw that. We watched Soul by Disney <laughs> oh, yeah. last night. We were watching and Soul. they had one of the retractable yeah. leashes, but they weren't controlled. And the dogs like startled, scared, the, guy. startled the guy into the road and he fell down a manhole and kind of died. He just gave away the whole... St- no, no. That happens in the first few minutes in the movie. It's in the preview. We actually... So we were watching it and Topher was like, wait. I was like, oh, I don't think that dog was on a leash. And Topher rewound it and we watched it twice. And it was like, it does. But it had a retractable leash. Um, and which, honestly, I'll take a retractable leash over no re- leash. I would rather not a retractable yeah, leash. Yeah, but if you but, have a retractable, you need to pay attention. Yeah, you have to have... You still have to have control pay, of the dog. Pay a little more attention. Yeah. But... Um, and make sure the leash, you know, fits and the collar fits and it can't just slip right out of it or the gentle leader. Yeah, whatever. Just maintain, maintain harness and if you don't want to call her, maintain control of your dog. Please I guess when I you. see online too, I always see like the people who don't want to use leashes. They always have these pictures of dogs with leashes, like their neck cut. Yeah. And it looks all these bad things. Where does that come from? Um, that comes from animals who have collars put on them when they are young and then they are abandoned or neglected or get lost or something like that. And then they grow and grow and grow. And then the collar digs into there. I've seen this happen um, where like it, it, this does not happen with regular leashes. This does not happen with retractable or choke collars or anything like that. Those aren't the kind of injuries you've seen. The only times I've seen that is when it was like a stray or like a lost dog that grew out of its leash. Um, and it just dug into it. And I actually saw a pretty cool one when I was a resident with that. Um, but yeah, that is not a, that's not so a common thing. So you don't get thing. too many like leash injuries? No, in the, never. In your ER, but you get more like 
hit by a car and yes for every for every one dog that has some sort of like injury because it had a collar on um i have i actually have seen like i saw a dog that was like had its um leash and collar on the back of like this was on like the back of a deck or something like that. And the dog fell off the deck and was like hanging for a little bit. That dog did okay, but it mm. did have, um, some but then that person's that. not didn't have control the of the dog. dog. Yeah. And it yeah. didn't have control of the dog, obviously in that situation. Um, but, um, but for, for every one, I've seen one of those where I was like that, the injury was partly caused a little bit maybe by the collar. And if it didn't have a collar, I guess it would have just fallen further and had different injuries um, because it fell off the deck. But uh, I've seen hundreds of injuries that likely could have been either completely avoided or dramatically reduced if the dog had had a leash on. That's all. And they're usually expensive yeah. injuries. Super expensive. Yeah. I mean, not, not always. Some people get really like, lucky. Oh, but here's some antibiotics. Yeah. Getting hit by a car and like breaking multiple bones, you know, and like animals die. They die from these injuries. Like these are just avoidable, preventable. And it's just it's this weird mentality that I do not get. I had, We had a client once um, and I don't remember, you know, it came in. I don't even remember it came in for anything related to not having a leash, but it came in without a leash. And so we have one of those cheap little slip leads. Again, I will mail those to people if they need one. Um, they're super cheap. And we were like, didn't have a leash. So we gave this to her and she was like, oh, I don't need that. Took it off of her dog and then proceeded to walk out into the parking lot, a parking lot where cars drive and was just like, doo, 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 and the dog's like wandering around. And they, they, these, most of the time, the dogs are not that well behaved, like at all. Like eventually they'll come when you call, yeah. but they're not like staying right there next to people's lot, legs. Uh, <sighs> people's like, oh, it's okay. He's well behaved. And why is your dog over here sniffing yeah. and licking me? Yeah. Like he's nice. He's a nice dog. He didn't bite me. That's great. But what if I was a bad dog? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have control of your dog and you're putting your dog at risk. Okay. I could go on and on and on, but yeah. so what's I shouldn't. A, what's a good way for like, so a regular like general practice vet to promote like using a leash. Give them my number and I will yell at everybody who doesn't No, Um, <laughs> like, I guess it would be like, Oh, uh, I have these clients and they just got their first dog and yeah. blah, blah, blah. How do I tell them to use a leash without being preachy about it? Um, I think, you know, I don't know if you, I don't know if I could do it without being preachy. <laughs> um, I think it's really just talking about, you know, em- emphasizing it's for their safety and it's to prevent all these, you know, major issues. And then it's, it's not in any way hurting your dog and it's helpful. And even if your dog is incredibly well behaved, it's always nice to have that as a backup. I think for me, the, the point that helps some people understand a little bit better is to say, um, one, at the end of the day, they're still dogs and you can never 100% predict them. But even if you could, even if you could, if another dog comes and attacks your dog, how are you going to be able to pull him away safely? Um, And so always keeping a a leash on your dog at all times, uh, I think, is still going to be the safest way to intervene. And I guess just, you know, for me, I would share the stories of dogs who have died um, from things that could have been prevented. Again, accidents can happen, right? You could have your dog on a leash and it could slip out of your hand and your dog could run into the car and get hit. Yes. But those are going to be so much less frequent. Like those stories, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. I'm, I'm sure they're out there, but most of the time it was like, nope, just not on a leash. Dogs got in a fight. You know, dog ran into, you know, yeah, the dogs just run around and, you know, they they go on little, you know, I don't know, what do you call them? Jaunts for a couple mm-hmm. hours and then come back and who knows? Oh, look at that. He's not using his back legs. Bummer. If only he didn't have a pelvic fractures. I don't know. I don't know how to do it without being preachy. 
I guess maybe just bring it up, make it part of like your standard speech too. Yeah, just always tell everybody, hey, make sure you use, it's kind of yeah. like the Have Bob Barker thing. Have free available, you know, advertising with your clinic, put your clinic name and number. Yeah, like Bob Barker. Where's Bob Barker? I need to send him an email. Be like, Bob, the spay neuter thing, great, wonderful. I feel like we really made a, a, an impact there. I'm wondering if you'd be up for taking on a new cause. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, people are adults. You do the best you can and just say, look, this is me looking out for you and, and trying to do the best thing. Like, you know, this is we vaccinate to prevent diseases. We put leashes on to prevent injuries. That's ta-da. It's a preventive measurement and a, a cheap and harmless one. Literally harmless. If your dog doesn't like the leash, oh, here's this lovely harness we have for you. They make really nice things too. If somebody's like, yeah, I want to Target spend a bunch of money, they get to... really nice ones. So, but I don't care if it's a literally if it's a dollar fifty slip lead, it is better than nothing. End rant. <laughs> so, what's another th- like easy thing that doesn't cost much that you can do to keep pets healthy? I mean, I mentioned vaccination and that seems like a, a fairly obvious one, yeah. but still like, oh, still doesn't happen a lot. Um, you know, we still get a lot of on or under vaccinated animals. And I think the other thing is um, people get really confused about the series of vaccines um, and why they have to like, why does my dog have to have like four shots for the same disease? Like two most yeah, people I think are you talked about that. Kind of the into the parvo that. One. Yeah. And puppies you're, you're waiting, you know, so sometimes just educating people and be like, well, here's the thing. I don't know when mom's antibodies are going to be gone. And so we have to make sure we cover um, to catch things in that sweet spot. Um, Cause the first couple vaccines I get, I give might be life-saving, but they might also not be doing anything. Um, and so we have to make sure we capture that window. And, I, you know, it's going to be cheaper than, you know, running titers every time he comes in to see if he needs the vaccine. So we're just going to do it this way. Um, so, you know, maybe a little bit of education on that. Um, yeah, I guess a good thing would be like um, saying that, you no, know, the vaccines might not have worked, but you want to have them now. Yeah, you, you have to be careful saying to they the might point. not have worked. But yeah, they might have been inactivated why? because of mom's antibodies. Yeah. Um, not that they, the vaccine doesn't work, just that your dog is your dog's ready for immune it. system. Yeah, your yeah. it needs to have it now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the puppy vaccines are our cats are fighting. Hey, knock it off. They need leashes. They do. <laughs> I actually want to get a harness for Hippo. Mm-hmm. See how he does outside. Anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, vaccines again, pretty obvious. I don't need to rant to the audience listening here, um, but just you know, do what you can to. I think the thing for veterinarians that can be really helpful is doing what you can to, depending on um, you know what clients are doing, is to make those as cost effective as possible. Right? Like encourage people to come in, have like a package for the puppy series to say, okay, you pay this one fee and then you get all of the vaccines. Yeah, make that the standard. Right, like this is this is just, this is the fee. Rather you're going to pay this. If you don't come back, you've already paid for it. So right. you're on that first visit, you're going you're gonna to pay for this whole series or, you know, reduce your profit margin for vaccines um, because it's going to just really save a lot of heartache in the end. Like, you know, normally I think, you know, 100% markup for drugs is pretty common because like a pill is usually pretty cheap. And then it, that helps to cover like the time it takes, you know, to have your inventory for any, um, you know, things that have to get wasted because they go out of um, out of date, you know, whatever it happens to be. We have to mark things up and I get that. But maybe for certain things, we do less of a markup for something like vaccines to keep it as cheap as possible. Um, you know, things like that to incentivize people, um, you know, make it a package with the, you know, the whole, here's, here's, you come in and there's a package where it includes all your vaccines, your spaying, your neutering, whatever it happens to be. Um, same thing, which, you know, similar to vaccination is heartworm prevention is the other thing in, in dogs in particular, but cats too, is 
this is a preventable problem. Um, and heartworm can be a pretty devastating disease to treat. And it's just really, we've done a pretty good job of, you know, the collective way of figuring out how to make this not a disease we have to worry about. Um, you know, take this pill once a month. Those are expensive too. Um, those have gotten, you know, quite expensive and, you know, just, you know what are the things that you can do to, to help mitigate that and, um, you know, make that easier for people educating people before they get the fourth dog, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. I guess the other question. So I could see a lot of people thinking, um, like I'm getting animal and it's just going to be in my house and it's not going to see other animals. Yeah. And why do I still need to do all that stuff? Yeah. Um, well, if you live in a house where no mosquito can get in, uh, please also message me cause I'd like to know how you did it. Um, because if there's one mosquito in the entire county, it will find me. Um, I will say they have been better in Virginia than they were in Florida. Um, but mosquitoes don't, um, necessarily give a crap if you, your dog doesn't go outside or if your cat doesn't go outside, mosquitoes will come inside as most people know and understand. So if you are in, you know, North America where heartworm is a thing, if you're in a different country where it's not heartworm, something else is going to be a thing. And, and, you know, those infectious diseases don't necessarily respect the boundaries that you have created. Um, and you know, when it comes to vaccinating again, if you and your pet live as, you know, hermits and you literally never, see another single human being, um, you know, cool. That sounds kind of nice actually. Um, (laughs) no, not really. But, um, you know, there are things called fomites, which is like usually inanimate objects that can carry pathogens on them. And so explaining to, you know, your clients that, sorry, um, things can still get to you. You can still get diseases. Your yeah, pets can still get diseases even if it stays inside. Oh, my dog doesn't contact. go outside and go to the bathroom. He poops on a little a little pee pads and he's got little pee pads that he, he goes potty on those. And it's like, and you never go outside? And you never have, I don't know, food delivered by other people and like pathogens can be, I don't know. You know, Bubble Boy sounds like very far-fetched for you and your dog. I don't think you are like Bubble family. It's not not happening. But you know what? You're going to have a few people who aren't going to listen to you, and that's fine. But you do the best you can with the ones who will. Uh, you know, you don't have to beat your head against the wall for somebody who's like, nope, not going to do it. Okay. But just make sure make sure that as best you can, you have educated your clients, your friends, your family. Family's the hardest sometimes. Um, and make sure that they didn't not do the thing, or, you know, if, if they're doing the things that you don't want them to do or they're not doing the things you want them to do, it's not because you didn't try. It's not because and they just didn't know. it's not for a reason that they think is true that isn't right yeah exactly like, make sure they're not misinformed yeah because i can see some people like that uh, they have their reason for yeah. not using a leash or vaccinating or anything and um it's a stupid reason but they just don't know it is yeah, yeah. It's like it because there's a lot of things that you can make up that make sense yeah but when like a professional can easily like be like, Oh, oh yeah, that doesn't work because of this. And you're like, Oh, right. you're right. right. Or I hadn't thought of this. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, I guess I've just seen all these things go wrong and I'm like, yep, yeah, mm, no, that's not foolproof. Nope. Not. And to be fair, I am very biased, right? I'm sure there are some, yeah, you see some dogs. Yeah. Things. I see when things go poorly, but like I just the cost benefit in my mind. Um, I'm sure there are many, many dogs that have gone their entire lives and never had a leash and didn't get hit by a car and didn't get in a fight with another animal. But, I would be willing to bet if there was someone we can collect this data that there are far more animals not wearing leashes that do either get hit by a car, get in a fight with another animal. I, I, I bet those numbers are higher. Um, and again, like it's, I don't need proof that parachutes work. 
I don't need a study that proves to me, statistically speaking, that this is going to save lives. Yeah, you're still not going to jump out of a plane without it. Yeah. Never been in a horrible wreck. Right. Exactly. You know what? It's probably still worth it. Yeah. I mean, I I guess leashes are the the seatbelts of the dog world. Yeah. Like if you put your seatbelt on, then put a leash on your dog. Hmm? Maybe. I don't need to wear a seatbelt. I'm a very well-behaved driver. You are. And everyone else is too. Phew. It's a good thing for that. (laughs) Um, So... I was thinking it's probably the cheapest thing that you can do for your pets for their health mm-hmm. is to not feed them too much. Oh, yeah, that's such a good idea. It saves costs you money. Less money. Yeah, saves you money to not allow them to And there are so many obese. fat animals. And what what uh what type of oh, problems do yeah. fat animals have? So, it depends a little bit on the animal and how fat they are, but like some of the most obvious things are the same it's all the same things that affect people. Right. Right? And so orthopedic issues are one of the biggest things that just affects their quality of life, right? It's going to make any pre-existing arthritis worse. Um it can make breathing harder. There's this okay, if you haven't heard of Pickwickian syndrome or Pickwickian breathing, you should google that. Um if you're a Charles Dickens fan, You'll, you may already know about it, but, um, but, or yeah, everybody go out there. If you're pause the show right now and Google Pickwickian syndrome or Pickwickian breathing, um, and, and learn a little, a little something, and then you can report back to me on what you learned, or maybe we'll mention it in another show. But that is basically something that can happen when your pets or you get incredibly, incredibly overweight and can make it harder to breathe. Um, Factoid, fun fact. Uh, so joint problems, arthritis, if your animal ever has to have an amputation, if they're overweight, that makes it harder. Because most animals that have to have an amputation either for cancer or some major injury, something like that, do fabulously on three legs. But you make them really, really overweight, that suddenly becomes either not an option um, or not a very good option. I've had animals end up being euthanized because amputation wasn't a good option, um, even though amputation would have been otherwise a fabulous one. So um, back dogs, uh, dogs that end up having back disease, uh, having, you know, I don't know, help me losing, losing some weight, help my back. Um, but uh, then there's like metabolic issues too. So um, type two diabetes, uh, sort of, uh, it's not perfectly exactly like type two diabetes in people, but cats get something that is very much akin to type two diabetes in, in people, meaning um, they're overweight and that is affecting their metabolism and their ability to um they, they develop insulin resistance, essentially. So obesity can affect that. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of things. Um, and they're just going to be less active. And as much as eating is awesome, don't get me wrong, I get it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, but you have complete control over how much your pet eats. And, um, and so as the vet, you know, one, you have to acknowledge that, you know, a lot of times, you know, clients bond with their pets over food. Like that's how training a lot of times is used as food as a motivator. And it's, it's just a way that they link. And so I think for this one, you know, when you're talking to clients, it's acknowledging that, you know, food is a really important part and being able to feed their pets is a really important part of that relationship. And so, yeah, okay. I'm not saying you can't still feed them. I'm not saying you can't still do treats. We just have to think of, you know, clever yeah, ways like to the- get around it. They're big meals. It's you just give them a little less. Give than. them less at each meal, and then you can still give the treats. Yeah, uh-huh. I think another hard part for people that, uh, like, if vets could figure out an easy way to portray it is what a dog or cat should look like. Oh, yeah, I had, yeah, that's um, a really good point. One of the people I work with, he brought his dog into the vet, and they're like, "Yeah, your dogs are doing great. They uh, they need to lose like twenty pounds." <laughs> and he's, he's like, "What? It looks just like a lab." And she's like, "Yeah, a normal lab is." 
about 20 pounds over yeah. a week. Oh, I've had this fight with my family. You've heard me argue with this. Like, oh, I tell my family, oh, your, your dog's getting fat. What? No, she looks amazing. It was like, you're right. I have no idea what I'm talking about. You've never been to vet school, but you definitely know better than I. I mean, and they know. They kind of give me a hard time about it. But it's like, nope. Your dog is overweight. So um, you can Google this too, like, and you can have your clients. But if you're, you know, out in practice or you're going to be, they have charts for this too. And you can share that with the clients of like, hey, here's what your dog looks like, um, you know, from overhead. Hey, can you see a waist? No, you can't. Hmm. That's a problem from the side, depending on what, you know, the dog or cat's fur coat looks like. Um, I don't want to be able to easily see ribs. Like I shouldn't be able to fit my thumb completely in between the rib space, but like I should be able to just see the ribs. Um, unless they're really fluffy, like a husky or something like that, I should be able to, and I should be able to easily feel them. I shouldn't have to press to feel the ribs. I shouldn't have to like dig around to try to be like, I know you're in there. Um, but, uh, you know, so, but there are charts that, you know, all the, I think the food companies, you know, give yeah. you, and then you can have little, but you don't really see them if you're not like. a veterinarian. I've seen them in your <clears throat> work. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Around. Like make them, maybe make those a more prominent display yeah. in your clinic or, I think or something that's the sort like of thing that. Like people would be like, yeah, be this happy is what to, my, yeah, yeah, I would love my pet to not be. Yeah. Fat, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Or I don't um, know what not fat yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. I thought my dog was fine. It's like, it's it's not. It's not at all. Um, yeah, so maybe just passing those out and be like, here you go. Here's a chart to follow at home. And if your dog, if you can no longer see this from this direction, blah, 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 then it's overweight. Um, or a lot of clinics, um, you know, they'll have a scale in like the front part of the lobby. And you maybe can't do that right now because of COVID stuff. But like, I, I remember working at a practice many, many years ago and it was like, yeah, there was a, a scale up front and you can just walk your dog in any time, put it on the scale and, you know, weigh it. It's a lot easier than trying to do it at home and just come on in. I'm not going to charge you for that. Just weigh your dog. Yeah. Great. I think you had that um, at the Florida ER. Probably. There's a scale out there. There's scales all over the place. Yeah. You can come in and find a clinic to weigh your animal. So, you know, try to promote those things at your practice or, you know, make that a thing that's easy for clients to try to figure out a way um, to come in and like, hey, yeah, we'll come in. We'll have somebody come take a quick peek and be like, yep, body condition is this. We're doing good. We're making good progress. Um, you know, so again, try to small things that can, um, one, you know, boost the kind of your relationship with your clients, um, make them feel a little bit, you know, like, okay, yes, I'm being prioritized. They're, they're willing to kind of help me with some of these things and provide some guidance. Like, yeah, come and use our scale anytime. And, you know, we'll have a technician come out and kind of give you a sense for how we do it. Or we'll keep track of the weights for you. So you don't even have to write those things down. We'll put it in the medical record, which is mm -hmm. a great piece of information to have. Um, we'll just log that really easily. Um, you know, so yeah, I think, I think not overfeeding your pets is a good one. Yeah, and then how hard is it for a person or like a general veterinarian to say like how many calories your animal needs yeah, a day. That's very easy to do. The hardest part used to be figuring out how many calories were in your dog's food. Um, they used to not have that information on the bag. Like mm -hmm. you're legally you're required to for people and they, they're not required, but most of the food companies now have that. Like it's this many K cows, um, which is the same as what we just say a calorie um, per cup or per this, per, you know, a, a volume or something. Um, so it's a lot easier now. And every veterinarian knows how to calculate the resting energy requirement. Like every veterinarian knows how to do that. Um, and so it's, it's really easy to just be like, okay. Um, and what I do is I don't tell people this is how many calories. I mean, I can, you tell them that, but you say, what food are you giving your dog? your cat and then you calculate for them you say this is how much in not not cups like grab you know whatever cup you have in your cupboard but like a measuring cup you need one third of a cup twice a day that is how much and then oh what are the treats you're going okay we're going to subtract that you're not going to do one third of a cup you're going to do a quarter of a cup twice a day and then you're going to supplement with these treats this many treats a day and you can portion them out you can get one of those cool little like pill things like monday through or the saturday through sunday for your mm -hmm. pills and be like okay you're going to put this many cat treats 
And cat treats are actually really great for dogs because they're really like high in flavor, but low in calories because they're small. Um, but dogs don't really care. They don't think of it and say, well, that treat's really small. They're like, this treat is delicious. So you could put like however many calories are allotted for each day in those little things. And that way you kind of know like, okay, I've given today's treats or, ooh, I'm running low. So I better space these out if I want my dog to love me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just kind of coming up with other ideas for them to, again, acknowledging like this is hard. And I know that being able to feed your pet is important for bonding. So I'm not going to say cut out all treats. That's an unrealistic goal. Right. And um, there's all kinds things. of things that you can Google. Yeah. To see. But like, like do the math for them. Like do the calculations and say, okay, you know, this yeah, is exactly how much you want like to do. I know how many calories their yeah. animal should get in a day because it's, People are used to that nowadays. They're used to that, but also I think um, recognizing that the average cat needs 300 calories a day versus the average person is it. Like people are understanding 2,000 calories right. a day. Like oh, everything's based on a 2,000 calorie diet. Like your cat needs 300. Yeah, there was a really cool um, little like infograph thing that was at the, when UF got their new general practice building, they mm-hmm. had this booklet. I forget who put it out. It was one of the food companies, but it was kind of like, if you fed, say you had like a, it was like if you had a 60 pound dog yeah. and you fed it um, like a cheeseburger yep. that you would eat, mm-hmm. they were like, that's the equivalent as if you had ate like four of those yeah, cheeseburgers. Exactly. Or if you gave it your milkshake, like they had exactly. the, the they'd conversion. worked it out like the conversion. Yeah. It's like you wouldn't eat that many. Right. Exactly. But your dog will. Your yeah. Dog and you don't think about will. it. When and you your give dog it. does not portion control. Most dogs, some do. Most dogs do not do well with portion control. Most people don't. I don't do well with portion control. Oh my God, I want all of the food. All of it. Yeah. And I eat so fast that I I don't realize I'm full until an hour later. I had one dinner. Yeah, exactly. Just because it was 40 chicken nuggets. Right. Oh man, it was delicious. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, you know, bear the consequences when I make those bad decisions. You're doing that. And you can feel it in yourself too, whereas you can't usually tell. It's like, oh yeah, he doesn't run around as much, but he's getting older. He's getting older. No, it's because he's obese. Yeah. Stop it. And you have the control to make him feel better. I wish somebody could do that for me, right? Like imagine. I don't think you do. No, 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 no. Let me, let me tell you this. This, this would be cool. Imagine if you're like celebrities where you have like a personal chef. Yeah. And they're making amazing meals for you. And they're saying, this is what you need. Or like a personal trainer. or sla- You have both. You have a personal trainer and a personal chef. Heck yeah, man. That would be amazing. So, so I guess animals cook- are like celebrities then. Yeah, exactly. You are their personal trainer and personal chef. And like, what kind do you want to be? Do you want to be a good one or do you want to be a crummy one? That's that's all I'm saying. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's how we share it. Like, you have the honor of being the personal yeah. chef. You're a celebrity trainer. chef for um, your cat. But, like, I think we think about it. It's like, oh, that, that'd be terrible if somebody controlled everything I ate and drank. It's like, no, it wouldn't be. We have examples of it all over the place, and it sounds incredible. And we should all be so lucky. Your pet gets to have that. So, no, you're not punishing your cat by controlling everything that eats and drinks. You're actually helping it out because, man, that would be... Like, again, you're, you're, my first thought, too, is like, oh, that'd be terrible if somebody told me what I couldn't... And then I was like... Well, I guess I always think but, of it's like, if somebody was telling me what to eat to lose weight, they would just tell me not to eat. Don't right. eat that. Exactly. Don't eat that. Exactly. But, but you if they could, gave you something that was like, oh, you're hungry? Here you go. But it's not even like... They gave it like, here's a list of things you eat. I've cooked it for you. I've prepared it for you and placed it on a plate. In fact, do you want me to spoon feed you? Because I'll I'll do that too. Like you've taken all of, (laughs) you've taken, and then afterwards you have to go for a run. But, um, but you've taken all of the thought, all of the work out of it for your pets. Like, and if you as the vet can take some of those steps out for the client, right? Like here's the math, here's this, do this. You actually make it a lot easier. Then you can spend time actually bonding with your pet. Yeah. But then you don't get to go on the aqua treadmill. Oh, yeah. The water treadmill, the underwater yeah. treadmill. You could do that anyway. You just got to pay <laughs> for it. I'm sure they'll let you. It's like 
I just, I like watching my dog do this. This is super fun. That's usually more physical therapy type things, but I mean, I don't know. Save the, all the, all the money you save on vet bills from having to, you know, having the obese pet, maybe you just save up and then you can buy your own. Oh, you could get one of those uh, cat um, hamster wheels. Yeah. That'd be cool. Half yeah. underwater. Half under, I don't know if they would work. Oh, I, uh, I no, kind of want one of those, one. one of those cat hamster wheels. Yeah. They're the, really the big expensive. Ones. How expensive are they? I think it's like, um, like thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars. I think it's in like the 600, six to $900. Ooh. I want to say that is, that is a lot, but I feel it I would be really only disappointing one if, doing you, it right if now. you got it and then they didn't use it. That'd be yeah. terrible. If there was some way to like rent it and see if they use it and then I would spend that money. Yeah. Let's see if we can rent one. <laughs> if anybody knows about it. Well, why doesn't your vet school have one? I don't know. Maybe they do. I'll look. Yeah. I'll ask. There we go. I'll talk to the, the physical therapy people. Use some like, of your startup funds. Oh yeah. I should. I still have some of those. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. All right. So back to the <laughs> that's it. That's issue all I got. at hand. Do you yeah. don't have anything? What are the other like low hanging fruit? So we um, said, don't feed them as much. Put a leash, put a leash on, on it. Vaccinate them. Vaccinate them. Um, I'm sure there's lots more. Um, you know, invest in puppy classes, uh, like for for dogs. I'm, I know we're doing a lot of dog stuff, but uh, yeah, cat cats kind of do their own thing. Yeah, they they could be trained. They probably have cat classes too. Probably. That but you don't have to fun. worry about your cat. Cats can be trained. Take. But yeah, it, a lot of these things are less worrisome with cats. Just the overfeeding is definitely a cat problem. Um, but I think puppy classes are like huge. If you can like find some places that you can recommend and send people. Yeah, even for, if it's like, not a good one. Behavior things. Was, yeah, it's still, it's okay. time that they're spending with their dog and training them when they're young. I think that would be great. So find some places that you can refer people, maybe at a couple different price points. Um, and yeah. just encourage them to do that. Um, cause I think that can be really helpful. Um, again, it costs money, but pets do. In fact, what about it costs like, money baths and stuff is that something Uh, most of the time they don't need it um i mean if you're out they're getting dirty and things like that and there Mm -hmm. are certain breeds of dogs that um are supposed to be groomed um and most people when they get those breeds know that um but unless they have skin problems like regular bathing isn't really a thing that they need um they don't unless they again unless they got specifically dirty um or they're stinky or they get sprayed by a skunk or something like that and i guess also really kind of the hygiene what about like their nails for cats and dogs How- yeah when they're young if you can get them used to having their feet handled so that they'll be good about that that'll save you you know time money energy um you know grooming stuff yeah, I don't know. Brushing. Oh, you were saying uh, nail trimming. Oh, teeth brushing and stuff. Okay, this is not really my bag because, again, I do ECC stuff. But um, dental care, there are things that people can try to do. I wouldn't necessarily personally consider that low-hanging fruit, though. Yeah. <laughs> that just seems really I think hard. the way it was explained to me one time, it was because um, we had a dog that had uh, it had some bad teeth. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of, my dad was like, oh, what if I, could I, like, brush its teeth? And the, the vet was kind of like, you can. Uh, how often do you brush your teeth? Yeah. Twice a day. Do you want to brush your dog's teeth twice a day? Yeah. Not really. Now, if hard. you do it once a day or even a couple times a week, is that more than never? Is that better than never brushing it? Probably. Yeah. Right? Like, are you going to make to an like impact? Effectively but it's not going to be like, yeah, away. to eliminate the need yeah. to go and do this. No. Because even though you brush your teeth twice a day, you still have to go to the dentist once a year and they scrape off more plaque from your teeth. So, yeah, dental care is hard. Um, and But it, it certainly can be helpful. And again, if you try, you know, training your dog or your cat when they're little and they're still more trainable. Um, it's a reasonable thing, but I, I don't consider that low hanging fruit. Right. And it's not gonna, it's not gonna prevent, it's not gonna eliminate the problem. I mean, dental disease, like you just need to have, you know, pets just need dental care regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Just like people. Oh yeah. And how often should you be bringing yearly? Yearly. Yeah. Even if they're not due for vaccines, yearly is a good idea. Just like for, for 
you know, humans. Yeah, just so um, that you're... Yep, check it out. Vet, make sure we're not missing like, something. Yep, your animal is now fat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good news. Um, it's not obese. Yeah. But I think a lot more clinics are doing like packages and things like that where, um, you know, you pay like either a, a monthly fee um, or it's a small amount and then that covers, you know, an annual exam and some other things that yeah. en- encourage people to, you know, yeah, come in for that. I think they had that. something like that at... Florida and then yeah they were starting to do that Banfields do that yeah definitely it's like a subscription Uh, yeah and I think for I mean it's not going to work for everybody and that's fine but I think for a lot of people I know you know one of my siblings it it worked really well for them we Um, had that for our dentist when we were in Florida yeah it was like that kind of stuff we didn't have dental insurance I don't think except for like if like uh, my teeth exploded yeah if they explode they cover that yeah but um <laughs> but they had like just like a three hundred dollar a year plan and you yep. got your two exams and yeah, a it was percentage like not off insurance, surgeries. It was just kind of yeah, it was kind of their thing. It was like this is gonna cover the preventive care that we know you need and then a little bit of maybe some extra stuff yeah. if you end up Direct, doing that. Do general practice vets do stuff like that? Or it's probably. Yeah, I don't probably. know. I don't really deal with them too yeah, much. They don't do it if not, you should. You probably should do something like that. Like have some sort of plan. Like, okay, it's going to, we know on an average, this is going to cost this much in veterinary bills per year. You're going to have the known, everybody needs to have this much for heartworm preventive, for uh, flea and tick prevention, for annual exams, vaccines, boosters, things like that. And over the course of a year, it costs this and we're going to spread it out and we're just going to take, you know, $25 $25 a month or what, figure out what it needs to be and then, you know, decide what that's going to cover. And for some people, that's really going to help them out, right? To be able to, you know, spread it out over the year rather than waiting for all this big, you know, six $700 bill once a year. I don't know. Think about it. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to work for everybody, but it might work for some people. I don't know how hard that would be from a business standpoint, but it seems like it yeah. wouldn't be very hard to keep track of. Probably some you have computers that can keep track person. of that stuff, yeah. right? You have an AI. Get your robot to do it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, if, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I have an example of either a pet peeve of yours that you think is a low-hanging fruit as an easy way to prevent things, um, send us a message, an email. Um, oh, yeah. I think we had talked for this one. That, uh, no, no it was, it was a different, it was okay, a different yeah. thing. Yeah. We're going to have, a, we're gonna have a, show, a show in the future where we're going to ask you guys to contribute um, some ideas and thoughts, and we're going to respond to them on the show. Um, but we'll save that for the next time. Yeah. Um, but for this time, if you have things you want to contribute, email us at veterinaryjournalclub at gmail.com, or you can send us a message on Instagram. We are vet journal club, or you can tweet us at Twitter on Twitter, vet journal club, <laughs> tweet, tweet, um, or you, you, sh- you should have closed it out. This was your show. Oh yeah. Eh, whatever. Say something. Bye. <laughs> Bye everyone.